All right. Um, is every everybody recording? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Clever Kids Podcast, the weekly pop culture podcast with three brothers. Uh, jump on and talk about all the pop culture stuff that everyone's thinking about. Uh, my name is Tyler. I'm here with my co-host, Brian. Yo, yo. How's it going, guys? And Jeff. How's everyone doing? What What's so funny? Nah, it just sounded like Brian was doing an accent there. I didn't pick up on that at all. This is um, my voice. <laughs> um, this week, uh, I think we're just going to jump into it. There wasn't it wasn't a very big heavy news week as far as movies go, um, but there was a big thing that happened. Christmas Day, Wonder Woman 1984 was released, and we watched it. Uh, since we weren't a podcast in 2017, when the first Wonder Woman came out, I made my brothers go ahead and watch that one too. And uh, we're going to do a quick uh, run through of that one before we jump into the new movie. Um, before we do that, um, let's just do a non-spoilers, quick non-spoilers of the first Wonder Woman. Came out in 2017. It was written in part by Zack Snyder, Alan Heinberg, and Jason Fuchs. Guy's name is F-U-C-H-S. Is it Fuchs? It's got to be Fuchs, right? It's definitely not Jason Fuchs, right? <laughs> um, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring uh, Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Robin Wright, Connie Nielsen, uh, Lucy Davis, who um, plays Etta Candy, Steve's uh, assistant. She's also the first, the original Pam from the UK office. Uh, her name isn't Pam in that one. I can't remember what her name is, but it's not Pam. But that's who she is. Uh, David Thewlis as Ares. And Danny Houston as uh, a scene-stealing German war profiteer or something. I don't really know. He was crazy in this movie, especially on the rewatch. Um, quick, no spoilers. How do you guys feel about this one before we get it? We're talking about yeah. Wonder Woman 1 right now? Sorry. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, you watched it, right? Yeah, I rewatched it. Okay, good. And Jeff, you also rewatched it, right? I did. Okay, good. I didn't actually check with you guys to make sure that you did your homework this time. Um, but yeah, I, just before we jump into it, just like just a general idea of how you felt about this movie. I, I mean, I thought it was okay. I, I thought it was all right. Um, I mean, I, I thought there were some issues with the film, but... I'm a little bit more analytical or critical on superhero movies than I think you guys are. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was serviceable. It was enjoyable, which I think is the, the, the most important thing, but I, I think it had problems. Yeah. I thought number one um, was okay. I mean, that's, that's the highest grade I'm going to be giving out today, but it was, it was all right. Like I think it did it, its job of like showing wonder woman, you know, coming into her own and going from being just this hyper athletic, you know, young, like upstart on the island to like crossing into no man's land and like realizing that she's capable of like so much more than everyone around her. Um, so in that regard, I thought it was, it was, it was good. Um, uh, the bad guys I think were kind of lacking for me, like um, general, whatever the Nazi 
official that seemed like he was going to be the bad guy the whole time. Uh, uh, the, well, it's World he War just seemed one, like a so knockoff Red Skull. You, you what? It's World War One, so it's not Nazis. They're just oh, Germans. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and whatever. Uh, but he just seemed like a discount Red Skull from Captain America, and then and then his um, death was just kind of like well know, that's that's word, getting into it we could get into that in just a minute um, yeah but those things take away from my overall grade of the movie is my point but for the most part i thought it was it was okay um i also think this movie is fine i remember walking out of the theaters and just being like it's good like solid like b effort like don't love it but it's like the the first and second Thor movies to me it just sort of like washes over me it's fun enough it does it it does its job it gets it hits all the points it needs to it's not like a horrible movie that's broken in any way it just you know it hits all the points that it needs to the action scenes are relatively fun um so yeah um getting into full spoilers on Wonder Woman 2017 um, I just wrote down notes as I went through the movie so we can just kind of go from that and then as you guys have things to say on those specific areas um, I kind of broke it down on like scene by scene right um, so uh, you get into the first the first part in the island with the, the young girl uh, watching the warriors train I felt like the CGI in this scene was like really distracting how rubbery it looked um, all the girls flipping around and stuff I, was, I really didn't understand what was going on I mean, um, I just, um, I just feel like, uh, this scene in general, like the whole Island stuff, like didn't really work for me. And, um, I don't know. How did you guys feel about that? That part with her young, young Diana. Brian, you guys are just leaving me silent um, here. I need something from you guys. I thought it was better. I'm, I'm trying not to talk about movie number two yet, but, um, <laughs> I thought it was okay. I, I, I got. I'm. I'm like. I'm. Put it this way, just to sum up everything. I'm very not impressed with either one of these. Um, you know, a lot of my enthusiasm going in was gone by the time it finished. Uh, with the stuff on the island, I thought it it was probably more intriguing than anything else um, because you get to see a little bit of of you know the Amazonian culture and stuff, and and they kind of did more of that in number two where you get that kind of glimpse into their life, which is really cool. Um, and you know, I, you're right. I think the CGI was definitely something that was obvious and it's like, I, and I just don't understand a director's choice or a producer or whoever's in charge of this decision. When, when you're going to lean so heavily on it, don't they see the same thing we see, you know, when they watch the playback after the scene's been produced, are they so sunk in with cost that they're like, all right, well, I got to go with it now, even though it looks like shit or do they, do they actually think that it's a, it's passable? I think that they get to a point where, well, this is also a few years ago, but then again, like that, that doesn't excuse it because in 2017 movies with great CGI came out. So, um, I think that it comes down to budget, right. And time constraints, right. So they only have so much money to pay for so much time from the CGI companies. Um, or the graphic effects companies, graphic, whatever, what is, what is the word I'm looking for? I guess CGI, whatever the, the animators, I guess, um, they only have so much money to give them and they pay, they're paid basically hourly, right? Or they're paid at rate. 
right? So it's not like we pay you this much, you get the job done to perfection. It's like how many hours will it take you to get to this? And then when those hours are done, they decide whether to put more money into that effort or to just work with it, right? And so I think it gets to a certain point and they're like, okay, whatever. And I mean, I mean especially, I, go ahead. I think that, I mean, I don't know, when I watched it most recently, a couple of days ago, I, I thought that uh, all of the other Amazonians, it was all so extra, like just jumping 15 feet in the air and then randomly throwing your sword in a direction, another Amazonian perfectly catching it and blocking. And so it's like, sure, that's fucking ridiculous. And on top of that, I was like, but I don't know how I would do the Amazonians any different. Like, you have to show these people being basically superheroes and having them just do basic combat techniques doesn't introduce the, the, the general audience to what these people are capable of. So if that's how they chose to do it, I'm fine. I've got bigger complaints with the film than how the Amazonians were portrayed. Yeah, I struggled a lot with the way the Amazonians were portrayed too. I don't get, like, all of the... There's a scene where one of them, like jumps off a horse and does a 540 and like just lands and it was just sort of like why why that seemed extra i don't understand and, what the and that's where the cgi problems come in and that's what i was going to say is like why don't you just get like a crazy stuntman to throw just a normal flip like how much more does it add to do this thing that like i understand you're trying to show that they're a little bit above human capabilities or they're like you know these perfect warriors or whatever but when it gets to the point where it almost looks like your women are defying gravity doing one of their stunts, like there's times where they're like in the air and that like it seems like they get slowed down a little bit. And it's like it's like gravity's not working on them the same way. And it's and, you know, maybe it's suggesting that they have superhuman ability to like elevate themselves or something, but it doesn't hit right. It just looks unnatural. It looks like I'm watching something that was computer generated and not something that I can just like my mind can just fix and like accept is real. Like I can't suspend my disbelief when you're throwing it too much in my face that it's something off of a, a program and not like a person throwing a stunt. And it's, it just, it's a struggle throughout the whole film to be honest with you. So I want to take us in a different direction real quick. Um, I did, there's something that I really noticed the second time or this time rewatching it through. I think I've seen it more than twice. I think this is not the second. Anyway, you can really tell that this movie is directed by a woman because you have an island of beautiful, strong women and none of them are sexualized in any way. Like none of their armor is like cleavage bearing. They're not wearing like bikini tops or like, you know, like there's not a lot of stomachs being shown. Like they're dressed the way that like a woman might dress if she was actually a warrior. And I actually really liked that it wasn't like this like over sexual, like you know what I mean? Like, and yep. even, I brought I brought that up when I was watching it with my wife, and she was like, "Yeah, I like that a lot." Because it's you always see like if this was directed by a man, it easily could have been like a bunch of hot ladies on the beach. <laughs> yeah, but, the, but I mean? the irony of that is, is they don't take very long to get to a point where they're taking shots at men, and it's kind of like there's there's two times I can think of right off the bat. Oh, are you are you normal for a, a male? Uh, I'm above average, you know. Why like is that a shot at a man? I feel like I think I think that it's just a commentary penis. on every guy not wanting to admit that he's average, like average not being an okay admission, and like yeah, but that's how you would too. You you tell me you wouldn't react that way. <laughs> you would tell oh I don't you, know. You would tell Maybe. Gal Gadot if you were stuck in a fucking hot tub with her that you were above average too. <laughs> well, and then a little bit later on in the boat when they're sailing away from the island, she basically talks to him about the twelve books of whoever. And how the conclusion is is that men are good for procreate or, or necessary for procreation, but completely useless when it comes to pleasuring a woman. 
like in that comment to me like he pushes back on it and then it kind of gets glossed over and i was like how like would that land in reverse you know what i mean like yeah but that's the thing it is used in reverse all the time and it has been for years give me an example of that exact insinuation being used in reverse no i don't have to give you an example of that exact insinuation because it doesn't have to be that exact insinuation jokes have been made at women's expense and women have been like used in movies for sexual so so that makes it okay to just start firing back it's not about getting to the next level of not doing that anymore it's okay to just reverse you can't the expect script. people to only like did uh, well, hold on whatever. she's this talking is not, about not, actual, i'm not gonna be she references what? an actual greek text and just specifically states that that person came to the conclusion that men are not necessary for pleasure but are necessary for procreation i don't know if that's a shot at men just to include that in the story i didn't mind it i didn't hate that it didn't okay. bother okay. me okay. yeah whatever whatever I disagree, and I'm right. So let's keep let's keep going. Um, okay, so uh, do, 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 um, I thought it was really weird when the um, when Chris Pine lands in the rip, like in the ocean, like you know he crashes and she saves him, and then Germans show up and he's like they're the bad guys, and then they just start firing arrows at them. They're like you you don't know that those are the bad guys. You don't know. I mean they're firing you know at I mean? everyone. Like, to be fair, they're just firing because they're defending their island. Yeah, but they don't like Chris Pine is right there, and Wonder Woman is instantly protecting him. Sure, Chris Pine is not a threat at that time. He doesn't have a weapon. Right, and she has saved him, so it's, he's kind of like. Yeah, but she doesn't know why that man is trying. Like, he could be a pedophile for all she knows. And she's trying to protect him. He's not posing an immediate risk because he's not sailing up with 50 other dudes holding guns. Like, but she, they didn't even think to wait and like figure out what was going on. Like, hey, 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 what if we come in peace? We figure out why you're looking for this guy and then we have our fight. No, because no, the whole point is to fight. defend the island and these if, guys are sailing in with an occupation crew. Like, if the other Amazonians had seen Chris Pat's plane they would have shot him down chris pine's plane they would have shot him down is my point is they they would have fired on him too they don't care about chris pine the second that they realize chris pine is even there they turn the tables on him and try and kill him too so they just fire on anyone i just thought it was interesting that they just go straight to murder like it's there's not even they haven't seen men in hundreds of years and they're just like nope Right, murder if you remember time. the storyline, they were enslaved by men. They were just there, and they hundreds were hundreds. And I mean, to Brian's point, like you're just not gonna get over it. Like you're not gonna just move on. Like you're going to just these men aren't the ones that enslaved you. They don't know. It that. was hundreds of years. Yes, they do. They know that the human lifespan is different from theirs. They say it. So them being enslaved, these aren't the. They know these aren't the men. I I, I don't think they care. I they're think sailing they're, they're... with a warship. And they're dressed in uniforms, like, and they're yelling in some angry-sounding language. <laughs> like, I, I don't. That's a weird hole to pick compared to all the other holes that there yeah. are to pick. I just thought it was interesting that they just go straight for. Okay, those must be the bad guys, and they kill them. Sure. Anyway, I, okay, my um, turn to pick a hole. So Brian went, and then Tyler went. Let me ask you guys this: How old is Diana? Like uh, ten thousand. She's like, ten thousand. I, no, I just don't know. I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> like, look at the time frame. They're like, oh, she's Zeus's daughter, uh, with with Hippolyta at some point, right? During the war with the gods. Did the war with the gods happen while, like, during the Greek age? And Diana was born two thousand years ago. 
and it took her 2,000 years to reach the age of whatever she is now? I'd say that it's you're, you're fine to assume that she's a couple hundred years old. Okay, so I'm just trying to figure out what point she reached maturity because the first time that she ever brings her braces together is the same exact day that Steve Trevor crashes land crash lands. Yeah, and are the braces special or is it her? It's her. So I don't remember the braces being special in the they comics, but I gotta be honest. For sure. I don't read a lot of Wonder Woman comics and I haven't really read a lot. So. It just seems strange to me that in the however many hundreds of years that she's alive, she happens to expose this crazy power about herself in the same exact within like several hours of this life changing event of this person breaking through the fog. Sure, you yeah, can Jeff, but that's week. how movies work. Sure, that's just how movies work. You, you always pick on these points. It was like, oh, it's so, it's so, it's so hot. Like, but dude, if they were it's like, it's like they had to cram it into a two-hour film or something. Yeah, dude, if they if they did that braces thing and then they skipped and they're like ten years later and then Chris Pine, would you be happier? No, that yes. would be fucking dumb. No, there, there's no, no way to develop that. Everybody would think that was fucking stupid. That's dumb, Jeff. That's dumb. It's a movie. What I would have preferred was for Diana to be like, what the hell am I? And then be like, you're just normal. Your braces are magical. Dude, you know what? I'm going to start reading these Brandon Sanderson fucking novels that you want to read. And I'm just going to come with so many notes. And I'm going to mute your mic and I'm going to edit everything you say out of a podcast. And it's just going to be me ripping you to shreds because there's no way that he has that kind of forethought. You have to deal with that kind of shit when you write a story. Well, you know, the real problem so is they, they spend too much time on the wrong parts. And you'll hear more of this in, in part two here. But, that like, they spend too much time on things that I just don't think are that important. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it feels like they have all these different ideas they want to run with. And then they just take snippets of each instead of, like, choosing one or the other. Like, they're talking about her upbringing. But then they're talking about the, the background with Zeus. And, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, we're finding out um, – I guess we hadn't heard about Steve Trevor's stuff yet, but like it just feel oh, uh, the mom first off, the mom is like all about this warrior culture of empowering women, but then with her her daughter, she just wants her to be this little weakling that like never learns how to fight. Like Well they, like, yeah, they I didn't get that either. They explain that. They say that the sooner that Diana learns to fight, the sooner that Ares will come for her. So the, I'm so glad you just said that because that was actually a note I jotted down, which was she says that twice. She's like, oh, the stronger she gets, the quicker he'll come for her. And then, like, later she doesn't tell her that she's the weapon. And she's like, uh, if, uh, if the she sooner knew. she knows that, the quicker he'll come for her. And I was just like, oh, my God. Just, I can't. I can't with your reasoning, lady. Like, you suck, queen. You suck. Because <laughs> that shit was driving me crazy. The quicker he will come for her. And I was just like, you need to stop. <laughs> uh, but it's just, the queen was just a very confused character. Like, She's got this. She's the most empowered woman, leading an entire legion of badass women, and yet with her daughter, who's got more power than any of them, she wants her to be a total fucking pushover. It just, it just doesn't make sense to me that she wouldn't train her up and make her a badass right from the get, instead of like having her sister pushing for it. Like it just, it doesn't click for me, man. It doesn't, it doesn't vibe. Real quickly, I want to touch on the queen. Uh, that's Connie Nielsen. Uh, do you guys know? Anything else Connie Nielsen's been in? Brian, maybe? I don't know. She's hot, though. She's, she's, is, she looks so great for being in, like, her mid to late 50s. Like, she's so, like, wow. Props to her. Um, She was also the love interest in Gladiator. She was, like, the princess. Yeah. 
in Gladiator. Um, yeah, I think she's actually really good. I actually really like her. I think she does a good job in this role. I think, yes, this is this movie suffers quite a lot from exposition. I mean, I made the comparison of um, with Thor. I mean, you're talking about a superhero based in mythology. There's a lot of catching up to do for like the general audience. So there's a lot of exposition dumps in this movie and in the sequel, which is also what happens in the first Thor movie and the second Thor movie. Like half of the movie is people walking around telling each other stories that they should already know so that the audience can hear them and then follow along. Right. And that's just what happens in these kinds of movies. Um, when Chris Pine shows up, he's instantly like the most charming person ever to be on screen. Every time he shows up in a movie, I'm always like, God damn, you're charm. Like you seem like a cool guy. I just want to like hang out with you or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm like, God damn it. Um, let's keep moving along with the movie. Uh, Dr. Poison. You had talked about it earlier, Brian. You thought she was underwhelming. She's uh, an early villain from wonder woman comics. I think she's from like number wonder woman. Number three. Ares is the first villain that Wonder Woman ever faces. He's her main villain in the comics, I think, uh, besides Cheetah. Um, so it is interesting that the first Wonder Woman comic, which came out in 1942, right before America joined World War II, um, is... Uh, you know the same villain that she fights in her first movie that's interesting so, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the villains real quick here um first off Ares was fine uh Thulis or whatever was fine David like Thulis I, I, I like yeah, him so much he's a good actor he was fine here's the thing from one standpoint I was looking at it and I was like so you're telling me this is a storyline where Ares overpowered all of the other Greek pantheon members okay so we're just going to overlook the actual literature of you know Greek mythology because there's no fucking way Ares is holding Zeus's jock in ancient Greek mythology. But put that aside for the sake of the story and having a bad guy. The part I actually struggle with was when I made a comp. I was like, okay, Ares is just reminding me of the guy from um, Justice League. What's the bad guy in that one? Right. So that's what's, a what's that guy's name? Steppenwolf. 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 Yeah. So it seems to me like he's the exact same character as Steppenwolf and. On top of that, it made me go, okay, so I have to believe that at some point in their timelines, both Ares and Steppenwolf were operating independently of each other, but in this at the same point. And so I'm like, how does that mesh with two world-breaking villains kind of doing their own conquest for evil? Like, or, or do they somehow, would they be able to map it out on a timeline where those guys have somehow completely avoided each other, even though they're ancient beings no, they wouldn't. The, thousands of years. the DC movie universe is not held together the way that the Marvel universe is held together. I mean, it's not as good. It's not as well thought out. What they explain is that the Amazonians only retreat after Zeus and all of them defeat the gods. So Ares helps fight Steppenwolf? No, Ares was already well, wounded and recovering at that point. The Amazonians retreat, and then the Amazonians are called back to action to help defend the world of men when Steppenwolf invades shortly after. Right, but I'm talking like back in the day when they first became bad guys you know what i'm saying like back in the day steppenwolf mm -hmm. is going after the cubes and we see the greek uh gods fighting alongside the three armies yeah there's like the giant figures in the battle against steppenwolf and his armies and yeah, Zeus we do hits see him the with gods. the lightning well then ball. aries yeah. hadn't betrayed him yet so well so hold on a second though because <laughs> how does that all work out when it's all like it's just super muddled dude like because 
like if we're presuming that Diana's thousands of years old, then Aries has been bad for a long freaking time, you know? Like, so how does it, it just doesn't, it seems weird to me. Like, it seems like those two guys would have clashed with each other at some point or had, or teamed up one or the other. Like, and I know we see that in comics at different times, but. Yeah. Again, this is a movie. The timeline is way weird. It's all messed up and none of it really makes any sense. We just have to um, act like, like, like they come from different universes until they're in the same film. And then all of a sudden they're in the same universe and somehow we suspend our disbelief in like all that stuff could have happened in conjunction. Right. Maybe Zack Snyder will make that all make sense in the Snyder cut, but I seriously doubt it. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, did, what did he cut out to make that make sense? Like, so they no really do a lot of work in this movie to make it seem like Danny Houston is actually Ares, right? Like they really do a lot to like make him, like he talks of the gods. He says a line to her at one point, you know, nothing of the gods. Um, Dr. Poison gives him that weird cocaine glass gas thing that like she says this will restore your power like it almost feels like they were trying really hard to make like what restore what power is he an ex-superhuman or something it literally made him a superhuman he he was able to like catch her sword and shit when they were fighting it was weird i didn't really get that um danny houston is acting so ridiculous he's overacting harder than charlie's theron in this movie it's crazy how hard he's overacting i genuinely didn't understand what he was doing he was almost in a different movie it was crazy um so we were introduced to them uh they get to london they go into that alley they have the fun wardrobe fashion scene situation i thought that was fine um you know it's sort of romantic comedy-esque right she doesn't know how the things work they go into that alley and they're attacked by the other spies and they have an homage to superman from 1977 you guys know the the mo- the moment do you guys know what i'm talking about when where she mugged. gets shot what yeah when when superman and most Lane get mugged yeah they get mugged and then the guy pulls the trigger and superman reaches out and catches the bullet and then acts like he like got knocked out and then the bullet falls out of his hand she does the same thing and blocks the bullet with her bracer that's pretty cool um i like watching uh we just skip straight over to the war. They get to the war after introducing their merry group of men that are, all don't matter anymore. Um, I really, really like the no man's land scene. Um, watching her like hold that shield and lean in against the uh, heavy machine gun and stuff. It looks incredible. Um, the fight scene up on, up in the tower is really cool. I think yeah. that that whole area, that whole bit, it like makes the movie for like I can watch that whole movie again just because I love watching. I think that they did a really good job in that action scene. Sure. Um, I think it's really cool. Highlight um, of the film for me is easily Hans Zimmer. I mean, he fucking knocked it out of the park with this soundtrack. Okay, um, so I actually have this circled on my notes. I wrote score. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say that that guitar soundtrack, Diana's theme, is fucking incredible. It's a banger, man. I I listened to it after the movie came out by itself. I enjoyed the song more than the film. Um, And it accompanies that scene of after No Man's Land where she's running through the town by herself and then fighting the soldiers inside that room where she jumps in and they all take aim and she just starts taking them out one by one. That is the best use of Wonder Woman's power set ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I don't necessarily disagree. 
Um, is Hans Zimmer the scorer on this one? I thought it was someone yes. else. You're sure? Yep. Uh, I mean, I believe you. Um, yeah, I really like the score a lot. I think a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people um, don't like uh, that guitar, that like... But the, the drums come in. Yeah, I think it's good. I like it a lot. Other people, I think, um, are not as uh, cool as I am. Yeah, so, I mean, people can um, be wrong. That's fine. Um, music was uh, arranged and composed by Rupert Gregson. The specific Wonder Woman theme was created by Hans Zimmer, though. Maybe. I'm positive. Uh, oh, um, Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL um, are who did the that Wonder Woman theme from Justice League. Or no, Dawn of Justice. Um, I like that a lot. Um, it worked. That's the first time we hear it uh, in full in this movie is when she jumps into that tower and then has to do that fight scene, um, which is, I think, really great. Um, I think David Thewlis does a good job when they're in London um, as being kind of a charming guy. Uh, they do a good job of making him seem like he's on their side. I pretty much, because he's such a big actor, like he's a well-known enough actor, I was like, okay, he's important. He's probably the bad guy. You know, when this first twigged, like when I first saw him in the theaters. Um, that guy, Charlie, is aggressively Scottish. What do you guys think about that guy? He's he's in everything, and I think his whole like his whole everything that he's in, he's just the the most Scottish person you've ever met or seen or heard speak. It's like he's hard the, to understand. He's the pilot in Rundown, isn't he? That yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm not fine with him. I, I I enjoyed the the contrast where as much as much of a small role that he played, the whole PTSD thing. Like I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was interesting for them to bring that in. Um, uh, I uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, I was about to say something and I lost it. Oh, in uh, the rundown, the rundown, real quick fact about that. In the UK and Australia, that movie is called Welcome to the Jungle, which means The Rock is in two movies called Welcome to the Jungle. Isn't that interesting? He's in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and he's in that movie, which is also called Welcome to the Jungle. Funny. Isn't that interesting? That's very funny. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, we can kind of... The, the rest of... The second half of this movie, or like the final half of this movie, really falls apart for me. Um, it feels like they didn't really have an idea, so they did this weird, let's put Wonder Woman in this sort of hyper real world and have her fight Ares in a way that doesn't really make sense I think it's pretty well known that they had initially had a different idea but Warner Brothers was like oh, this isn't superhero enough people want there to be more action and so they kind of shoddily put together a CGI gray monster with flames and smoke my only comment for the end of the movie is I don't understand and I've seen this in other films too I'd have to think of an example but I don't understand where Ares' confidence goes. Like, he is, like, so confident in his own power and his own ability. And then as Wonder Woman gets, like, I don't know, more angry or, or like, upset because Steve Trevor's plane blows up, suddenly Ares is like, oh, no, she's going to beat me. And he starts panic fighting. 
And I'm like, wait a minute, you were just in this dominant position where you weren't worried about it and you have full control of your God powers, but because she's seeming more self-assured, suddenly you're less confident. Like it just didn't, it was it's like his character switches without any real trigger for it. You know, like at first he's just like bending her to his will and trying to get her to join him or he's going to kill her. But then the moment she says no, suddenly he's like, ah, no, Wonder Woman's upset. And I'm like, what the, I don't yeah. know. No, I mean, I, I'm totally with you. The, the movie is really poorly executed at the very... The conflict of both films, ultimately, is just very, very poorly executed. And the every fight scene, I mean, you have to have Wonder Woman win. Steve Trevor's death is just fucking pathetic. Where he's just like, I gotta go fly this plane. And I was like, okay, Captain America, yeah, there's, you do you. There's no, there's um, no parachute? Yeah, there's no parachute on that thing. <laughs> Could just jump out. You know what I do like, and I gotta give credit to these movies is nobody calls her Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. sorry, Todd. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's that's true. Um, I don't think I don't think that Steve Trevor's death is pathetic. I actually think that it's like a good character arc for him to realize. Like, I I have to say, like, because what he's saying, which like at the end she's like, these people don't need my help, or like these people don't deserve me. Like my mom was right. Like men are the worst thing ever and she's like it's not about them it's about one per like if one person or it's it's not about like the group as a whole being terrible it's about what you believe right and like he believes he needs to save these people and so he sacrifices himself to save everybody right and i think that that's a good character moment for him jeff why are you smirking i i think it's poorly executed why can't diana just i'm gonna stop fly the back plane? to california and slap the teeth out of your mouth why can't diana just stop the plane why why does she need to stop she's the plane? busy fighting a god i don't know it just seems like he has time to run over talk to her while she's you know shocked and then he has time to go run over and get inside the plane before she can just jump super jump over there and cut it in half see you do this thing where you pick up on like on. little moments and make them into problems it's did those things have to happen in stories i'm sorry they have I don't to happen. believe they do i think did the story you, itself after, should make sense jeffrey after batman v superman dawn of justice you texted me and brian and said it's the best movie of all time there's a moment where doomsday is fighting wonder woman and batman and superman and lois are like hiding behind a building together superman is hiding and you are going to tell me that this moment in Wonder Woman where a man talks to a woman and tells her, I'm going to sacrifice myself so that you have time to fight this guy is the worst moment in the, or is a bad move is a worse moment than that one. Well, I just, what I'm, I'm telling sorry. you is that in the context of this film, a man taking 30 seconds to go talk to a woman and then spend the next two minutes achieving a job that she could have done in two seconds is silly. You're silly. Um, anyway, I think we can wrap it up. That's Everybody's had their thoughts out about Wonder Woman 1. I wanted to give us a quick refresher before we jumped into Wonder Woman 2. Overall, Jeff's bad at reviewing movies. Brian, you're okay at it. Tyler, you are the best. Um, okay. Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> came out on Christmas Day in 2020. Directed by Patty Jenkins. It was written by Patty Jenkins, Dave Callahan, and... Jeff Johns. Jeff, is that interesting to you? Yeah, in he's any a way? comic book writer. He is a comic book writer. It's a bit interesting to see his name on this. It's uh, depressing, to be honest. To be honest, he's not my favorite comic book writer. So when I saw his name, I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, 
starring again Gal Gadot and Chris Pine as Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. Um, Kristen Wiig joins them this time. Pedro Pascal, and uh, yeah, quick uh, no spoilers on uh, this one. Go ahead. I know. I I think everybody can guess by context. Uh, You two hated it, and I thought it was fine. I didn't hate it. (laughs) I thought it was just fine. Is I would say it's slightly worse than the first one. Brian, Uh, I would say it was significantly worse than the first one. And actually, you know what? Slightly worse than the first one's fine because I didn't think the first one was anything special. So I think the first one was okay, and this one was not okay. So there you go. Um, all right, so we're going to jump right into the spoilers for this one. Full spoilers for Woman 1984, if you have not watched it, and you know, listen at your own risk. Um, we start right back at the island with young Diana. How did we feel about this? I hated it. It was my first problem. Yeah, it was my first it. major problem with the film. They I should just... have They should have scrapped that first 20 minutes. We did not need to go back there. We did not gain anything from that whole olympian scene i got excited because i was like oh this is pretty cool but then it was it got worse and worse as it went on and then i I was like wait a minute later on when i saw the asteria armor plot thing i was like why wasn't that the first 20 minutes like something around like that armor and like who that person was because for her to be just a little like side note towards the end of the movie but then the armor being like this central role in the final climactic scene I was like, why did we spend the first 20 minutes going through this stupid Olympiad thing? So they had to show us that if you take shortcuts, you don't win, right? Because that's the whole that's the whole thing with Pedro Pascal's character is that he's trying to take a shortcut to success and he has and like it ruins things, right? I think that's like it's a whole thing. I hated that they also were establishing that Wonder Woman is like or the Amazonians are also now Spider-Man. They can all like throw the lasso and fly about using it because that wasn't in the first movie but they needed it to be in the second one for some reason i don't get it i don't understand um i don't yeah why the fuck did they have an like you know an amazonian ninja warrior competition (laughs) and why did they let the six-year-old that wasn't even supposed to be trained yet compete yeah, like she in this the context of this, she would have just begun her training and Secretly. Yet now she's comp- yeah. It's just it's a bit. I don't. I didn't get it. Um, I don't know. It felt. You know what it felt like? It felt like a Jeff Johns comic book. If I'm honest, it's exactly the kind of shit that he puts in his comics all the time. And I just am like, what is this? I don't. I, yeah. I I personally was like, oh, this is dope in the first like minute, and then minute number two, I started my opinion my opinion started to shift and then as that scene went on the more i was like oh man i hope they really ratchet this thing up from here because this is i mean each scene it was it was little diana running and someone else running behind her and then the next scene was little diana still having a head start and it was like how did well and it was it was more of the it was the more of the rubbery cgi too they went right back to it a lot of rubbery cgi cgi chicks just throwing like gainer 360 backflips off horses and i'm like how about you just have a stunt double throw just a regular flip off a horse or something you know like why do you need to make that that so crazy the game itself didn't really make sense to me because it was very very dependent on you as an archer hitting these specific spokes and i told my mom i was like what if you hit the wrong spoke what if you hit the green person's spoke does that mean the green person wins? Because I didn't make my shot and I hit someone else. Like that. Does, like I feel like the parameters in there are fucking weak. I also uh, don't feel like Diana took a shortcut. 
at all in this. She got knocked off her horse and the horse kept running. She had to catch she her horse. She didn't hit that checkpoint. Yeah, but she didn't like, I don't. But all she had to do was run by it and smack it real quick. And then she was, she was good to go. They wouldn't have known or something. I, I don't know. It was a bit silly. I didn't get that very much at all. But, and that's why um, you go with the Asteria storyline and flesh that out. I so would have preferred that, that as is. well, but I think that they only threw the Asteria story in so that they could do that post-credits cameo. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know who it was? Linda Carter. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah Linda Carter. Okay. Uh, after the island, we go to uh, the year 1984 a mall heist of a jewelry store who is doing like a black market antiquities situation in their back office, which is weird. Why would you do that out of a mall? It seems like way easier to get caught, but um, that heist escalates so quickly from like a guy, like a bunch of guys running from mall cops to like a guy being like, I'm not going back and holding a little girl (laughs) over a railing. I was like, what the fuck just happened? You can see all those partners are like, what the fuck? But, uh, you know, it's kind of funny about that. I got a question about that because a little bit later on, they show Diana in her workplace role and they they reveal that the artifacts that they're going to have Kristen Wiig look at are from a a back, you know, room, uh, black, black market business thing going on. And Diana appears like she didn't know that. But I'm like, but wait a minute, you just went and hit that seen as Wonder Woman so was she acting there or did she actually not realize that the crime she helped stop was something that ended up tying into her, her work she thought it was she seen... thought it was a diamond store heist she thought people no, were just no, no, right, right. right. and she, that's where no I think she knew about the black market part the part that she was is it's when she looks at the ticket and realizes that the person who had originally bought the Dreamstone is Max Lord so he was trying to buy it from the black market heist right. and that then was found out where it went later. and then what? That was way later. Brian, Brian was asking, did Diana know when she stopped those robbers in the beginning that she was stopping the black uh, like an market antiquities? Heist. I think at the moment she knew that or uh, assumed it was like a di- I think she was just trying to help. Right. right. It was just a diamond heist. She knew. Right. But that's then right after. That, that's where it didn't click for me, though, because like what are the chances that the crime that she goes to help stop ends up being something that equates into her normal day job? It just that's yeah. that's the, yeah. one of those things. I guess you got to go back to suspending your disbelief. A yeah. Bit. Again, guys, this is just a suspension of disbelief that happens in movies all the time. It's called an inciting incident. It just happens. So um, what I did have a problem with, though, was the way that Wonder Woman stopped the crime was like. I don't know. Super weird. She would like find a guy, knock him down, and then go run to the next guy and knock him down, and then run back to the other guy and knock yeah. him down again. It was yeah, like the way that I played Batman. Dudes and then letting them go. Yeah. dudes and letting them go. And I was it like, was like the way that I play Batman. I just fuck with people, right? You just <laughs> break some dude's leg and go over to the next guy and you know punch him into the like. It's just it's kind of like a lazy. Like why wouldn't she knock them unconscious or have a way of restraining them? I agree completely. No, she's doing a lot of like, I'm going to wrap you up and then I'm going to pull you into a railing while I swing over to the next railing and wrap the other guy up. And then I'm just going to keep doing that. And then while I'm doing that, I'm going to be like pulling chairs in the way and yeah. like throwing little girls into bit giant teddy bears and all it kinds was, of shit like that. And I was, was like, what is, what is this? I don't understand what this is all about. And, and what I hated the very most about it was this entire film completely negates the ending of the first film where she was like, men are evil and I stopped being a superhero until Superman needed me and I haven't been active since and then 
well, there was that one time in 1984 when I actually was still a superhero and I saved the world and talked to everyone at once. But that was the one time. Yeah, in- including would have like Superman in the age that he is in those movies and Batman, they both would have been spoken to by Wonder Woman right. <laughs> in that moment. So it's a bit weird, but whatever. I mean, again, you have to just assume because when Iron Man shows up, he's the first superhero until you find out that the Hulk exists and Captain America already existed at both at the same time. And in Captain Marvel continuity. Yeah. And Captain Marvel would have existed. Exactly. You know what I mean? They keep adding shit. So it happens, whatever. Um, we go to her apartment after this and she really in like the last like 60 years since World War One has not gotten over Steve Trevor at all. Oh shit. Back to Wonder Woman 1 real quick. It's interesting that they focused on stopping Ares and once she stops Ares, World War One ends and then they're like, oh, okay, so it was Ares. But then we know for a fact that another way worse war happens right afterwards. Like, literally 20 years later, another war. Does Wonder Woman just sit World War II out? I don't understand. We never get any context for that. That seems yep. crazy. She let all those Jews die? I don't understand. Well, That's what terrible. They, what, they don't, what they explain at the end of Wonder Woman 1 was she kills Ares, and then the Germans don't stop. Well, I guess she didn't even kill Ares, though, because she killed the German, and then the Germans don't stop. And then she's like, I killed Ares. They should have stopped, and then... But well, then, then she does, she does actually kill Ares. kill Ares and the people do stop. Okay, yeah, you're right. This yeah, but then World War the II movie's happens. way worse What's up <laughs> than I thought one? it was. I don't understand. I feel like I need some, at least like a one-sentence explanation of Ares what had she a son in the 40s. His um, name was Hitler. In her apartment, it, was it just me or would that be crazy if you like went into a, I don't know. I feel like it would be really crazy if like 50 years, 60 years later, after you fucked that one dude one time, you just have pictures of yeah, him One everywhere. weekend getaway. <laughs> like... What? And one weekend to get away and you never move on. Yeah, she had a one night stand with this dude and now yeah, like has never found another love. That's some that feels really weird in this feminist. I mean I'm fine I'm like fine with her not herself finding another love, but the fact that she's still in love with him, like that she just has like fifteen of his photos around, it's like okay, that's crazy fucking weird. Too much. Yeah, I didn't like that very much at all. Um uh, immediately after this, they did a really weird scene that I, I don't know if I'll ever understand. They do a weird dinner scene where she just is eating dinner alone and the guy comes and he's like, "Do you, are you waiting for someone? And she's like, no. And then he we watch for a long time while he picks up every piece of silverware on the on the table and then walks away. And it I was like, what is this? And then she just it cuts to her walking and a guy's like, oh, I didn't see you calling for a cab. Do you want to get in the cab with me? And she's like, no. And then she stares at a plane and then nothing happens. It doesn't drive the plot forward. Like nothing else happens. That was just, it's just in there. That was weird. It's just more of, it's funny you mentioned that because I, for some reason at the time I was like, okay, is that guy like a bad guy that's trying to find a way to like have a, a moment with her or something like, see, that's why I wrote it down in my notes. I was like, okay, dinner scene. And I'm like, okay, there's nothing. And then I wrote right after that. So nothing happens. <laughs> I don't know, like why it's did just that happen? That she, it's just showing that she's isolated and choosing that life. We get that from the apartment scene immediately preceding where she just still has pictures of Steve Trevor everywhere. I don't It's so weird. Don't yeah, get I don't, it. I don't know. And yeah, and you're right. Their, their relationship is so fleeting in the first movie for a 2000 year old or whatever her age is. Literally Amazonian the first woman. man she ever met. And she just can't move on. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does kind of throw, go right in the face of the whole like women's empowerment narrative there. Like, 
yeah, she just is so crippled in her love life, like her ability to love, I, I like, because this guy's feels, gone. Feels like a misguided message. Like it's like, oh yeah, what? Like, like I gotta be honest. If I die and Ke- and like twenty years later come back as a ghost and Kelly is still just like not talking to other men and just has pictures of me, I'm gonna be like, all right, this chick needs to chill. All right, she's a little obsessed with me. Um, Kristen Wiig shows up in the next scene and is uh, great. I love Kristen Wiig. I always have, like, back on SNL days. Like, every movie that she's been in, I like her. I think she's... Also, I think Kristen Wiig is objectively a pretty girl. Like, in this movie, they put glasses on her in, like, kind of a frumpy outfit with, like, a weird skirt and shit. And then they're like... She's like, oh, nobody remembers me. I'm, like, a weird... Like, no one likes me. Well, well, well. It's like, why? You're very personable. You're a cute lady. Like you're, you seem really intelligent. Why would right. people successful just like and attractive and yeah, they, you they, work they, at they the Smithsonian. Not, yeah, like, they did not know. make enough effort to like tone her down. That's for yeah, sure. it was weird. I was like, what is happening right now? What it's, I, I, it's that weird. I didn't understand when she like dropped the folders and she was like, oh Ray, help me, and he just fucking keeps walking. <laughs> Might as well have just like, like flipped her off. What the fuck? <laughs> so weird yeah it, he gave her like a dirty look for calling out his name and what's the what's the like the narrative around her being upset with diana after she has like like she should be upset with the people that treated her like shit before diana was nice to her so i just don't understand like what the narrative is there with her being like you will not take this power from me like you're just you're, like it was almost like a girl turned another girl and be like you're just threatened by my beauty or something like and instead, I'm like, Diana is not the person you should be angry at. She was nice to you when you were, like, less than or whatever before you got hot. Like, why aren't you pissed at that dude? And instead, she's smoozing that guy. And she's, like, all, like, wowed by Max Lord. And I'm like, those are the people that were, like, looking at, looking down on you. What the f- Wait, you know? Honestly, even Diane, like, I felt weird about this at the time. Like, Kristen Wiig, like, Diana, like, helps her, and then it's just like, no, I don't have time for you. And then as soon as Christian Wig is dealing with the Dreamstone, and right. Wonder Woman wants access to it, then she goes out to dinner with right. Christian Wiig. She totally like uses her, her at the beginning. Diana's using her. Yeah. Like, all of them are just using her. But but here's the thing. I would accept that being a reason why she's upset with Wonder Woman or in opposition to her, but she never identifies that. Well, and they also never follow through on that. Like, I felt like Diana should have been like, I'm so sorry. Like, I shouldn't have been treating you this way or whatever. I mean, I think we can get into it in a minute, but I think Kristen Wiig's whole thing is well, – let's get into that in a minute. Put a neat, put a pin in that that bit, Brian. Um we we get the dreamstone in the next scene here, right? Um, how did you guys feel about this MacGuffin existing? Was it? It was kind of. I don't really. I'd never heard of it. I don't know if it's from the comics. I tried to research. I don't think it came from any comics that I can think of, or that I could find. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, I thought it was serviceable for a plot. I mean, I, I didn't really understand. Like, what I really, really didn't like about the dreamstone and its mechanics was they were so undefined. Like, did you have so, to say the wish out loud? Because Diana didn't say her wish out loud. She still got no, it. No, but I did. So real quick, I, I want to show you guys how smart I am on my notes here. I just realized I wrote um, the guy comes up and he goes, oh, I'd love a coffee. And then right afterwards, someone's like, hey, I got an extra coffee. Anyone want it? And the guy goes, oh, crazy. And then he takes a sip and coffee is he's like, oh, that's really hot. I burned my tongue. And I instantly wrote coffee is hot. Be careful what you wish for. 
wish can go bad is it a monkey's paw i literally wrote that in my notes immediately and then that came up i was like oh man i fucking nailed that they even say it's a monkey's paw later in the movie yeah it's funny too because they specify that monkey's paw part by saying it takes what's most valuable or precious to you if you guys read the monkey's paw that old no old short story oh it's it's really good um it's a good short, short story where like a couple is offered a monkey's paw and it yeah they like wish for a million dollars but then their son dies and then they wish for their son to come back but he's a zombie and like it's like all kinds of so, so the the reason why i'm bringing that part up is because it went from being it takes what's most valuable to you in the world to just whatever max wanted from you you know what i mean like well he becomes the the source so he understood. gets to choose what he understood wants. but it sounded like the power was you get your wish granted but i take what means most to you in the entire world and then it pivoted to Max just being like, you grant your wish and I'm just going to take what I need from you. And that, and that's like, I guess you can say that he perverted the power or whatever, right. but it was right. kind of like, that's where Jeff's getting at with like defining the rules of this stone thing because right. like, I feel like that's where you kind of go off the rails with it. Like, okay, so you could just take, you know, like you can just make the world a better place by just taking like $1 from everybody and that being the compensation, like. I, like how do you draw the line is it the most valuable thing every time or is it just what you want to take like i don't it just I, it just seems like it was getting a little uh you know hazy there before we get too far uh there was one thing i wanted to talk about the thing that i felt really out of place we're talking about character moments earlier was wonder woman was so hostile to max lord when she first meets him and i couldn't figure out why yeah she's like she just didn't like his energy or maybe it's because he seemed like a con man i mean pedro pascal at first, I was like, wow, he's playing this character really unlikably. Like, I really hate what he's doing here. And then I realized afterwards in the next scene that he was playing it up for that scene right. to try to ingratiate himself to Minerva so that he could get the stone from her. Like, he was trying to use right. – like, he is a con man. He's playing a con man. Right, but Diana walks in. She sees her new friend having fun flirting with the guy, and Diana's like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, exactly, but she gets the energy from him. She sees that he's being a con man. I didn't. Um, I didn't get that from the scene. I just felt. I felt. I felt weird to me. Real quickly, right before that scene, they do go out to lunch together, and there's the second quite like she asks her like, "Oh, do you go out much? You just seem like a girl who should go who goes out all the time." And she's like, "No, I don't really go out much. I just kind of like stay at home." And then she goes, "Have you ever been in love?" <laughs> the next question, and I I just turned to Kelly and I was like. Would you ever ask a stranger that? Like, what a weird question to ask somebody so early on. And it's obviously so she can be like, oh, yeah, his name was Steve. He was a pilot. And it was a long time ago, blah, blah, blah. And then Kristen Wiig can do a joke where she's like, have you ever been in love? And she's like, so many times. I like that. <laughs> Kristen Wiig, she's great. Um, Pedro Pascal is my next note. Uh, I wrote, is he a robot? Because he was being really weird and, like, sort of robotic. But... Um, that's our that's our villain meeting what was what was his Um, health issue because he kept doing the headache thing bring me my pills before he turned into the stone guy i think it was vitamin he wants his vitamins he was like really into his health that's his whole thing and then the wish his the cost for his wish because each wish has a cost the cost for his wish is his health he was into his health i I think that's why he wants his vitamins that's why part of that was trying to blend the movie into the 80s i think manifestation theory and the health craze were really big in the 80s like you get the whole aerobics movement and all of that it was was just weird like 
Because they showed didn't. him like having a headache or something, and he's like, "Bring me my vitamins." And I thought it was his way. It was his way of like, um, you know, because his kids around or whatever, not being like, "Bring me my painkillers. I'm in pain," you know, or something like, or like he right. had some kind of real issue. And then all of a sudden, as he takes over the power, his his physical health deteriorated more and more. And I was just like, I don't know, like something there. I was just like, man, I kind of wish that they would have like a one-off comment about how he's got freaking brain cancer or something and is ignoring his symptoms or, or something something to like help me understand why he was having this headache that and then all of a sudden every time we see him he's just falling apart physically you know right um i thought that was yeah i didn't they didn't do enough to show that he was into his health but that's what i got from it is like oh he's really really into like staying healthy and then he gets sick as Hmm. soon as he uh you know as soon as he gets gets his wish or whatever um uh, after that meeting with cheetah or well excuse me with wonder woman and barbara minerva um he he starts paying attention to wonder or gal gadot you know what i mean he starts giving her attention and you see that Kristen wig is jealous she's like god damn it like i had him for a second you know what i mean like he's paying attention to me and now he's paying attention to uh gal gadot um and you could see like her kind of frustration in that right it's a early character moment for her where you can kind of see that she's jealous she wants the attention right um, right after this, we find out that Max Lord is broke, that he's a con man. He's pretending to be rich. He's trying to fake it till you make it. I uh, thought that was interesting. Simon Stagg, they bring Simon, Simon Stagg. Stagg into it. I thought that was interesting. He's just a ruthless businessman that shows up in DC Comics from time to time. Never thought I'd see him in a DC movie because he's not a very interesting character other than that. But they threw his name in there, and I thought that, that was fun. Um, then we go to the party. Wonder Woman uh, shows up at the party because she wants to uh, get the stone because she has ideas about what the stone is or whatever. Um, She's wearing a great dress. Just uh, for those who don't know, I'm really into fashion. That dress that she's wearing is great. I thought it was uh, very lovely. Um, That party scene is weird. I really... I don't know. How did you guys feel? We, I mean, Cheetah wakes up or... I'm just going to call her Cheetah. Fuck it. Uh, Krista Wig wakes up and in her office and like switches into a dress. She's got a spray tan. She like doesn't wear her hair in a weird bun. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, whoa, hey, sexy lady. Well, I think that was <laughs> part of her wish, right? Was that she would. You no, know, that is. It's exactly. It's the first step in her wish, her becoming more like beautiful and confident or whatever. Like people paying attention to her the way they do Minerva, uh, Wonder Woman. And like. Again, I don't understand because I did, like she not much changed. You know what I mean? Like Kristen Wiig looked like Kristen Wiig. She didn't look any different in any way. She just was like walking with more confidence, I guess. I don't know. Um uh they go back to her office at the party and they just start making out hardcore. And I wanted to bring this up real quick because I've realized recently that I hate watching people make out in movies. Like, it makes me physically uncomfortable. Like, I really don't like watching it at all. Is that something that you guys have as well, or is it just me? I didn't really focus on it. I didn't yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll start noticing now that you pointed that out, but it wasn't bothering me before. Every time, but I noticed it recently in another movie. Um, like Kelly and I have been watching a lot of romantic comedies lately for some reason, and like, there's always like makeout scenes and I'm I, they're very I'm not a fan it, it's very strange to watch 
Um, and the only makeout scene that bothered me that comes to mind is uh, Harry Potter 7 when Ron tries to destroy the uh, Horcrux and he watches like Hermione and uh, Harry, Harry make, make out, out naked. <laughs> and it was just like like the weirdest, most aggressive makeout scene for a second. I was just like, what the fuck? weird i don't even remember that i'm just picturing probably... the director being like all right and then i'm going to cgi uh a daniel radcliffe likeness making out with a uh, emma watson likeness and danny being like uh no no, no I, I can shoot that you <laughs> we, can, we can just film it That's we can fine. just run that real quick i got time today <laughs> you want to make it easy on the cgi guys we could just make yeah, out and they could cgi over it if you want you know, i could i could even <laughs> take a pay cut for that for that scene I, you know just to help i don't think we got it on that take guys i, I think we're gonna yeah. do a couple more yeah. I'm gonna, let's run it back. No, no, no. We didn't get it. Let's run it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve comes back. What did you guys think about this? I thought uh, creepy and weird. Weird. I, I thought it's another dude's body, another dude's house, and she just—I I don't know—is she suspending her disbelief that it's another dude, or was she actually viewing Steve Trevor's face? I think that it was saying that she was able to just kind of see past it right right see past it yeah. weird dude it, weird and then the, you see that guy later in like you know he's just like a, a normal dude and i'm just like uh she just hijacked your body and like banged you like like and pretended like you were her ex-boyfriend that's been dead for 60 years like yeah, that's sort of a weird rape scenario yeah, yeah and like that. it was it weird, weird dude like and like it never explains the mechanic of like how he comes back in another human being's body and how that guy just pulled the short straw wait the, the stone just identified a similar looking enough guy that was close enough in proximity like him. <laughs> well it was just a white guy you know brown hair or whatever like and right. it was just close enough in proximity to just hijack his body for a couple of days like that was I weird mean, i think dude. that there's a lot of guys out there that would say that is not the short straw uh yeah situation but no that's um, it's creepy it's, it's in concept weird. it's creepy it's it, weird. Is, it is very creepy it, it bothered me that. that she's got this like sense of morality oh, i need to protect people but then she's just like oh no i'm totally cool i'm immediately on board with this situation she's, she's depowered so when she gets the male back into the relationship suddenly she just is no longer a strong independent woman anymore it's, yeah, it totally flies like in the face of that shit, dude. Okay, well, this this is what I was going to talk about um, when I told you to put a pin in it. Um, all the wishes have a cost. You guys picked that up, right? You guys yes. picked up on, like, Max Lord has his cost is that he lo he starts losing his health. Um, Cheetah's cost is that as she becomes more beautiful and powerful, she starts to lose her humanity, like the part that made her her, you know? The one thing in the world that made her great was that she was so nice and so just accepting and personable, right? She becomes rude. She starts beating men up in public and then tells her homeless friend to fuck off. And um, Diana loses her powers. But also, Diana loses her kind of like her, her, her respect for humanity, I guess, or her respect for human life in that she's just willing for to sacrifice another man's life to have Steve wants. Trevor back. You know what I mean? Like he literally hijacks his body, his like the guy probably lost his job because he doesn't go back to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like he took his time off. Like what the fuck? Like she just yeah, like took just, everything from this guy. I just think they could have gone a way better way. And it's funny cuz going into this I was like, yeah, we see a bunch of Steve Trevor in the trailer, but that fool freaking got blown up at the end of number 1. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they bring him back. And then they did it in a way that I just couldn't accept. I was they like, had, this is well, they did it in a way that Diana had to get to had to sacrifice him again in order for the story to continue, right? Right. Like, so just, just have him, him reappear, like have him remanifest as himself, and not hijack some random dude's life. Like, 
It was weird to. It was just weird. But they made it clear that she was willing. They made it clear that she was willing to sacrifice her powers to keep Steve. But the the pushing point for Steve himself was that he was taking someone else's life in order to stay, and he was no longer okay with that. I'm really excited for Wonder Woman three. Uh, I can't wait to see how they bring Chris Pine back in that one and then kill him again. <laughs> I hope, I hope it's just a thing that they keep doing every ten years with him. Is just they keep bringing him back and killing him, and he's just like, "We stop bringing me back. Stop wishing for me to come back." Um, he's the new James Marsden. They go back to uh, the apartment that Steve's body lives in, and he says, "Yeah, I looked you up in the phone book. Steve's I guess those body are body lives." In. <laughs> yeah, I looked you up in the phone book. Uh, I guess they're future proof. <laughs> I really liked that joke because no, they are not. The phone book is gone. <laughs> no one uses that shit anymore. Uh, we see that Kristen Wiig has gained strength uh, from her wish to be more like Diana. Um, and then we get the scene that I mentioned from Wonder Woman 1 in reverse where she shows him the world. They do a whole fashion montage just like they did in the first one, but it's Steve trying on all the different clothes uh, in the modern world. Uh, she walks him around uh, the city in Washington, D.C., um, and he doesn't know what anything is, and he's amazed by trash cans and all kinds of stupid shit. Um, thought that was interesting. Then that she realizes that where do they find out that it's the language of the gods? They go to Max Lord's office, right? Yeah, and they she's break the inside in. of the ring. Right, 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 right. Um, so I had a question about this. When when they eventually find out which god made it, I didn't catch the name of the god that they said created it. So and it, it didn't. Was it a Greek god or was it a non-Greek god? So it's the Duke of Deception. He's a villain from Wonder Woman issue two, also from the year 1942. So the second Wonder Woman comic ever, second Wonder Woman villain ever, makes it into the second Wonder Woman movie. I liked that. They did that. Um, the character's named Duke of Deception. Uh, apparently he was created by William Marston Moulton, uh, the guy who wrote and created Wonder Woman. Um, he is the second in command to Ares. His, his uh, like, prop... Uh, what's that called? When propaganda he's like the propagandist that works okay. for Ares and uh, honestly his MO throughout Wonder Woman comics apparently I read up on the character he it is exactly like what the uh, what the Dreamstone does they he gives people what they want but in a way that twists it and destroys them basically and like he lives off of their desperation and uh, you know their failures so I think th I think that worked for me I thought that that was interesting enough um we also I skipped over the part where we see him make his wish and become the stone and it becomes powder. Seems like a weird wish mechanic. How did he know that that would work? I don't I don't know. How did he know about the stone in the first place? We have no idea. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Th this brings me up to the next my next big point. I have it written in big letters and circled. What is his plan in this is it like it doesn't I don't I don't know what his plan is at the beginning. He just becomes the stone and then he's going to get all the oil. Is that his plan? I, I think that they did a good job of making his character not have a plan, which I, it might be a little silly, but 
I think that was kind of, he was just like, his plan was to get the stone and then figure it out from there. He was kind of acting out of desperation. And so then he starts scrambling for a bigger plan. And so he's like, okay, who's the biggest guy I know? Oh, this guy I read about in a magazine. He knows who has all this oil. I'll get his oil and then he will, you know, I'll give him whatever he wants. And then when he finds out that's not going to work, he keeps trying to find the next biggest person and take whatever they have. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, they uh, decide they need to go to Cairo because that's where he is now. Um, and they just pick up a plane, pick a plane from the Smithsonian airfield. I guess the Smithsonian just has a bunch of jets lying around. Fueled up. That. Fueled up and ready to go to be flown by. Fueled up and ready that... to go. I have that written down. They just picked one and it was and all ready to go. He's totally able um, to be flown by a guy who hasn't flown since a biplane in 1917. Also wrote that down. Good job, Jeff. That's very interesting. Uh, I didn't know Wonder Woman had the ability to make things invisible. That was fun to and find out. she uses out. that one time. They have to. You know what it is? Is they just had to get the invisible yeah. jet in from her comics. So like whatever. the next action scene, she's getting shot at in a car, and I was like, "Why not just turn the car invisible? You dumb bitch! This is stupid." <laughs> um, does Cairo actually look like this? Does Cairo is Cairo a city with pyramids in the background? That was really cool. Like that view. Yeah, I don't you think can that's see the what it looks from like. Cairo. You can like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that from that time that you went there, Brian? No, I just know shit. Um, Christian Wiig's villain turn. Cheetah <laughs> turning in. Turn the card invisible, you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christian Wiig uh, beating up that, that drunk dude. I mean, men shouldn't be pigs. That was fine, but I just thought it was a bit silly. Although I did like the part where she kicks him in the face and his teeth. Did you guys see? She kicks him and his teeth just go flying. Like all of the teeth just fly out of his mouth. It was insane. Um, this is where we first find out that when he gets when he grants a wish, he gets payment for it. He gets to decide. Brian, are you still laughing about the dumb bitch line? I can see you <laughs> over there smiling. <laughs> I just feel like you could use that so much, but it's so dumb. It's it's a uh, Superman rebuilding the Great Wall of China with yeah. his eyes thing in twenty twenty. It's just or turning time back. It's like wait, you turned time back and only saved one person. Like way more upsetting. people were affected uh, than just that one woman. It's upsetting. You could do so much with that power. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a bit silly. Um, this is where we get the first major action scene. Uh, she jumps out of a car while it's driving like 65 miles an hour and is instantly running, keeping up with it. I thought that looked really cool. They did it all in one take, and I thought it looked great. But also, I was like, wow, that's, that's an impressive uh, skill. Um, she catches a bullet with a lasso and oh sends it somewhere else. I was that like, made me why? Ill. That made me so sick watching that. The happen. lasso, the lasso was abused in this movie. Like, the, yeah, they used it in such a weird way in this one. And the, you know what it is? The first fight it's... scene, she overuses it to like no effect. Then that scene, she does some weird stuff with it, and then the lightning riding thing later. Well, did you guy. notice that she doesn't? <laughs> did you notice that she doesn't use a sword and shield? Blah, sword and shield in this movie. Well, didn't no, that's like their major, her main weapon Ares, in the first movie. Ares destroyed her sword. Did he? Yeah, remember yeah, she, she thought it was the God Killer? He's like, that's not the God Killer. You're the God Killer. And then she didn't have a sword anymore. Oh, I don't remember that. But no, but then she has a sword and shield in fucking Justice League. I'm yeah. not imagining that. Justice and League takes it. place a, a couple of decades later, though. So apparently in this film, she learns she needs a sword and shield. Um, 
because she just made it invisible in this movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I like the part where she turns the truck sideways and starts running with it as a as a giant shield. Sure, you know? maybe that's what that maybe that's the moment that she realized she needed one. I don't know. I I enjoyed the the concept of her turning the truck. I was like, that's fine. Wonder Woman's super strong, super powerful. Sure, she's got such incredible speed that she can recognize the bullets. She can recognize the trajectory of the bullets about to hit Steve Trevor. She has the time to undo her lasso, whip it, and then restrain the lasso so that it catches the bullet and deviates the bullet. She is super strong and super fast. But then she jumps on the side of a tank and is stuck there as another tank is about to crush her. And she doesn't have the time or the strength to pull herself up out of the way. And I was disgusted. Because it was a blatant it was, it was attempt. It was yeah. a blatant attempt to have the, the male rescue her because she just couldn't help herself with all of the incredible power that we've seen her use in the last 30 seconds. It was horrific. I did like the part. <laughs> Why are you guys saying horrific like that? Because he's I mispronounced it. I mispronounced it on, on accident. It was, week it was right horrific. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird. Um, I don't remember that. I, uh, I like the part where she was under the truck and then she put her feet down and the truck flipped and it somehow launched her like 300 feet in the air. That was ridiculous, but I loved it. it um, they do another whip thing where he shoots the missile and she rides it out of danger. Like it just. Okay. That just, I was. Yeah. See this whip. I don't know what this lasso whip is flying super, shit, super where OP, this came dude. from. Yeah. And, I yeah, did. and then later we were like talking about the flying and I was like, I think she might be just gliding like a Thor thing where he throws himself, but then she changes direction in the air. She no, like she actually, flies. she, she like fly now. <laughs> but she then what's fly. with the lip, whip riding to speed up a little bit? Like they're so freaking stupid. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. She's don't whipping lightning it. and dragging herself along and I'm like, wait, can she fly or is she propelling herself? It just, uh, yeah. But um, that was just. Uh, yep, this is also where we find out that she's losing her powers because she takes bullets and she's like but, but she then like also she bullets. blocks bullets in every yeah. other movie so we've just never seen her get shot so does it mean right. that her powers are gone because she took a bullet i don't really get that I, exactly well, and, it was, and then well the other thing was is there were points where her powers were working fine and then others where she was so exhausted and drained from being humanoid like i was like i don't understand is it are they coming back and like are they like flickering in and out or like are you just totally like i like it just didn't make a lot of sense to me i don't know um her trying to save those kids on the road looked bad. Also, those kids don't hear the gunfire from like hundreds of feet off and know not to get in the road. I don't. What's happening there? There's like explosions happening. Right. You can hear that shit. I'm sorry. They should know not to be in the road. Um, after this, how do they get back to DC? So, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I just want to throw this in there before I forget to say it. I think that this movie would have been drastically improved if the end credit scene would have been the guy that Steve Trevor's in would have watched the news after he regains control of his body and seen himself in a car chase in Cairo and been like, what the fuck? Yeah, that'd be good. That would be, or he's wanted for stealing a jet from the Smithsonian. Or he watches this like, this like security for the building. It's like, bro, who's that chick you with last night? And then pulls up the tape and he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that chick I just saw out in the snow. Wait, what's going She's on hot. here? Yeah. Uh, um, they call uh, Barbara and they're like, what's going on? Like, where's why? What happened? And then they go to Frank Patel. Yeah, I don't on. know who this character is. They I looked it up. Barbara I was like, oh, he must. What? On like the same time. Like it was light. 
in both places. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't there like a 16-hour difference between these two places? They met the next day. Barbara says to them, that was fast. Where does Barbara think they are? What was fast? I don't even understand. Like, Something Something got cut out there, I think. Yeah, it must have, right? Um Frank Patel is the guy they go to. I thought he might be like a comic book character. I couldn't find him anywhere. Um, they find out about uh, this is where we find out about the Duke of Deception. Um, and then we have a weird thing where we go into Wonder Woman's Batcave, which is just a closet with a bunch of TV screens in it. <laughs> and she and she for some reason has the armor wrapped in paper in her closet and then she does this weird lasso vision. Yeah, where she's able to show him. Okay, yep. so when they show what what's the character's name? Asteria. I was like, why green eyes? Like, who, this is somebody. Like, and I thought I recognized her eyebrows and stuff. I was like, why do I recognize that? What actress did they get to play that? Um, but then they don't do anything with it. Also, it seemed weird for them to like throw that in there. Like, I don't. It was weak. It was weak, and they should have done something in the beginning and then tied it back in later because it was so dropped in at the last second that when Wonder Woman showed up in her armor later, I was like, "Cool, I don't even care." Like it was just this little side. Murder all of those guys. I mean, yeah, I guess the biggest. They don't don't even talk about it, dude. They don't even talk about it. And those wings were like for being the most indestructible armor from the Amazons. That chick ripped him up like it was nothing. Like, and the wings were so inconvenient. Like, I don't we're know. gonna get we're gonna get a Boba Fett episode in Wonder Woman three where Asteria's like, hey, you know, I misplaced that armor for a couple thousand years, but now that you've got it, I want it back now. Yeah. yeah well, well, and here's the thing: like, they could have <laughs> done a falcon. They, they could have done a falcon scene, like you know, where he uses his wings and in Marvel really well, and like it's believable, and, and like they could have done something like that with the armor, and instead it was just for the most part she was just fighting with the wings as like like some kind of defense and they just were cumbersome and got it ripped off really fast. I was just like, yeah, that whole scene, you could have just left that out for a different movie or something like the armor slash hysteria storyline because it it didn't add anything. It felt thrown in just so they could do a wonder woman costume change. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I didn't really get it. Right. And for that to be the feature on the, on the the cover of the movie or whatever, it was just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really understand it. Um, but we know that this is when we find out that Barbara has given up her humanity. Um, is this when we go to the White House? Yeah. This is when we, I, I, I stopped writing. I pretty much stopped writing notes at this point because I was like, okay. I yeah, I mean, between that, you get Pedro Pascal continuously abusing the wish power and, and manipulating people beneath him to constantly get what he wants, and eventually he gets an audience at the White House. After just basically single-handedly inciting World War Three, um, without any yeah. reason, really weird. Um, and then they go to the White House, and I like that Ronald Reagan just wishes for more nukes. Like <laughs> that's his answer: more, more nukes. That's what the answer is: more yeah. nukes. Wait, you want to force Why? them into peace? Why don't you just wish for peace? Like, yeah, very strange. Um, and then Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor somehow get into the White House. Yeah, they, and, she leverages she leverages the intern that's like all into her. Remember? That's right, that guy. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Kristen Wiig, how does she get in? <laughs> she just walks in. She does like a weird cat thing, wearing a leather fur jacket situation that was crazy. <laughs> See, and I, I'm sorry. Like I know you were you were complimenting Kristen Wiig, but I'm just going to be full negative on this movie. I'm committing. Like 
that was dumb. She just like saunters in and it's like suddenly like this biker badass. You're like, oh, like I'm gonna kick your ass. You can't take this from me. And I was just like, oh, like I just, I, I don't accept your character. I just I almost wish that we just had Max Lord as the bad guy and not had Kristen Wiig as a side character. Well, they wanted to throw Cheetah in because she's probably the most enduring of all of the villains besides Ares. And she's like the best original creation for the Wonder Woman character. And I think Cheetah's pretty good in the comics. Like when I've seen her, she's pretty cool. Um, I didn't, I thought Kristen Wiig was fine. I think that they just kind of, um, did that. Yeah, it's not, it's not Kristen Wiig's acting. It was just more like how they chose to do those scenes. I just didn't like it. The character didn't work for me super well either. Um, although I did think Kristen Wiig did really well in that fight scene. I thought that she did a good job in the action. Well, that was the Um, other thing. Like, like she's strong and fast, but where does she learn how to fight? Yeah. You think Wonder Woman would kick the crap out of her? Like just based on her having training for hundreds of years or whatever like i think she would pan right. her regardless of how strong she is like right right but kristen wig was like totally holding her own just because she's vicious like give me a break you know so after this steve uh sacrifices himself and she uh relinquishes her wish and then she uh lassos out into space and she can fly i we and can just kind of brush armor. past that i really didn't get it what and summons the armor no, she goes back to her house. Oh, does she? It no. shows her go back to her house, but still dumb. Um, she shows up at the bad guy's satellite space um, and has her fight with Cheetah, who is now an apex predator, full Cheetah. Um, and they fight. They do like a weird trapeze acrobatic situation where like Cheetah's f- <clears throat> flying about on like the electrical lines, the power lines. And like, what are those power lines powering? First of all, what is that? And she, and she can take zaps from those, but not from the water. Like, yeah. And right. then also, why doesn't that kill her? And why doesn't it hurt Wonder Woman, who is literally wearing metal? I guess right. gold doesn't transmute electricity the power very lines well, but are powering gold is the worst armor material ever. Well, <laughs> like, they don't say it's made of gold. Cardboard. Go ahead. If, if the power lines are powering the facility, then when Cheetah rips them in half, that you would think that Pedro Pascal's yeah, the facility would fails. stop working. Yeah, crazy, right? That's what I was thinking. Um, that they're flying about the whole time and it's so dark and like I think that they did that partially because Cheetah's CGI would have been really fucking difficult to do because of all that fur and shit so they really didn't give you a lot of time to look at it um, otherwise whatever um, and then she goes in and tries to fight Max Lord and instead of having a big superpower showdown they just yell at each other and then no, she, she does. doesn't yell. She just starts talks normally while he's standing in the middle of a cyclone, but he can still hear her perfectly. Yeah, but weird. He's like, "What? No, I'm not doing." That. And she's like, "Renounce your wish." And blah blah blah. And I was like, "Who the fuck are you talking to? There's no way he can hear you." And then she's she like, "I'm does... not talking to you. I'm talking to the world." She does like, like a smoky oh bear gosh. thing. Only you can save the day. I don't know why I shouldn't do the accent. <laughs> what what I really, really annoyed me in this scene was she spends a solid 30 seconds trying to will her lasso, which she has mental control over, we've seen it in both films, through this whirlwind, and she can't. So she takes a seat, and then we find out at the end of the film that she has successfully grabbed onto him at some point without him noticing. But it's like, how? Gal Gadot's acting when the wind is blowing, and she's like, bumping against the wall and she keeps putting her hands out it, it yes, looks pathetic. ridiculous i was laughing the whole time i was like she's not selling that it looks bad um 
then he decides to renounce his wish and then go gets his son and then we don't know does he go to prison for all the terrible things that he does because his whole thing is like i'm not gonna leave you son it's like uh you're definitely going to jail forever dude what are you talking about what you just did is horrible <laughs> like you're, you don't get to spend time with your kid um and uh the movie's over or is it linda carter catches a telephone pole from landing on a woman and her kids and then they thank her and then she's hysteria um and she and just then, delivered one line in a total fail i think like it it's no, so bad and contrived and clunky. she's yeah, like just... she's like oh my gosh what's your name she's like hysteria and they're like that's a pretty name and she's like thanks it's from my culture <laughs> yeah and i can yeah i i can do a weight shift to catch the pole i was just like oh god just just make it make it stop <laughs> yeah, it was a bit silly i mean i like that they take my eyes that is fine um otherwise i mean overall i know that we kind of only talked about the negative stuff it's easy to write notes about negative stuff i genuinely liked the movie i thought it was fine i wouldn't say it's the best movie i've ever seen it's one of the better dc movies still even though it wasn't a like it, it wasn't tragic a great statement. movie it's tragic yeah, that it's i guess true. Yeah, I just I didn't think it was that bad, but um, I guess are we gonna try to do a rating system? Sorry, Brian, I know we're a little bit long on you right now, and I know you gotta go. So are we gonna try to give? Are we? Are you guys giving any thumbs up, or is it zeros from you? Uh, it's two thumbs down for me. Damn, Brian. I'll give it a thumbs up and a thumbs down. It was it was all right. All right, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up and a thumbs down as well because it was just actually no, I'm just gonna do one thumb up, no thumbs down because it was just fine. Like I, I don't regret watching it. I don't think it was a waste of my time. I'm not gonna like sign up to watch it again tomorrow or anything like that. But I think it was worth watching and it was fun enough. And uh, I'm okay with getting a third one of these. Jeff, are you hoping that they don't make any more? Yeah, I I don't think that we need another Wonder Woman until we until we see what. Zack Snyder's plan is for the rest of the Justice League. Um, I don't know. All right. All right, guys. Well, we can wrap it up there. Um, anyone got anything to say? Did anyone want to jump in with any recommendations? Brian, I know you, you kind of got to go, but. Now, just go watch it yourselves and, and weigh in. Are we way off? Are we way negative? I think a lot of the times, the, like Tyler said, it's easy to focus on the negative, but, uh, you know, there's definitely some redeeming qualities to it. And it's nice to see a female lead, um, you know. Yeah especially as she has to stack up against such iconic figures like Batman and Superman. It's kind of nice for her to get a couple of films in there. Um, so, you know, let us know how we did with our review um, and, and whether we were too harsh or, or not harsh enough on this one. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at clever kids pod. Um, get in touch with us. Tell us what you think. Did you like this movie? And uh, what are we going to talk about next week? Anyone got ideas? Uh, I don't know. It. We'll talk about it. Stay tuned. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys.